Most podcasts make every subject matter political. Blah, 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 Democrat, blah, 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 Republican, blah, 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 furlough, blah, blah, blah. We just want to provide you with the best in entertainment. So you can build a wall around that and get the f*** over it. TMD Studios. It's what you want. Yo, 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 this is Anthony Henry, and you are listening to SWN, that's the Stovall Wrestling Network. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Prepare yourself for the greatest wrestling podcast on the World Wide Web today. This is the Stovall Wrestling Network. Introducing your host of SWN. Give it up for the one, the only, Caleb Stovall. What's up, everyone? It's me, Caleb Stovall. I am back. Yes, that is right. I am back here with another edition of the Stovall Wrestling Network, the SWN Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on uh, this Sunday evening of when it is launched or whenever you hear this uh, and you are listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's been a while since I have, uh, since I have been here. Uh, we, we, we've had some, uh, some stuff going on and everything like that, and uh, we'll get into uh, uh, what's going on and everything. Uh, like that, and uh, to help tell me about that, I've got to bring in the man himself. He is the CMB Studios. He is Chris Dickens. Chris, hashtag Dickens Beers Kitchen. Yeah. Oh heck no, we didn't go there, did we? See, see, we're gonna address that when we get to talking about the BPW Trick or Trauma event later because I saw the post that you. And Mr. Kitchens decided y'all wanted to post on social media, so we'll get to that. But right now, I need to get my stick out of the way. What's going on, Caleb Stovall? What's going on, SWN Fan Nation? Chris Dickens is back in the, well, technically the driver's seat. Yes, it's been a minute, and the explanation that everybody needs to know is, number one, technical difficulties are a mother, okay? Uh, we tried recording an episode a few weeks back, and we had multiple technical difficulties, and I wasn't about to try to air a podcast to sound like we were underwater and doing auto-tune at the same time, regardless of how much T-Bank could have put that into a number one. <laughs> I was uh, just about to say that. <laughs> number two, uh, I also went on vacation uh, a week ago and was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, uh, got to where he was play. outside of the ECW arena. Darn right, I was at the 2300 arena. I stood right outside, and then a week later, freaking John Moxley is standing right outside the same building at the same spot that I was standing at a week prior, and I got mad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't come the week before, but um, we were supposed to record when I came back, and I ended up getting sick with a stomach virus. Uh, sorry about that, but we're back. This edition of the Stovall Wrestling Network is brought to you by Pepto, Bismol, and Maylox. Ingestion of the stomach? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if we do end up with a sponsorship package like Cody Rhodes is getting with different dots, I'll be happy. <laughs> yes! 
I've heard about that. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. But we're going to talk about pro wrestling, folks. It's been a few weeks, so we've got a lot to cover. I'm going to hand it back to Stovall so he can get this freaking tour bus rolling all the way. Well, I'll do that. um, Because guess what, Chris? That line is not your line. That line is this man's line. Yes. Pro wrestling. And uh, right there from uh, the man of extreme himself. It's yes. now so funny when I see that shit now on fucking the WWE network. Like, I'm like, like, damn it. I can't listen to it the same. Like, every time it starts, I almost want to just start talking going, yes. Now yeah. we're about to talk about <laughs> But anyways, um, so obviously, Chris, you know, since we've been behind, uh, so, some monumental things have happened. Uh, recently in the world of pro wrestling. Namely, the biggest one, the obvious one, which is the AEW All Elite. The Elite. The the Elite. Okay. What? what you're not going to do it with me, Chris? <laughs> I'll let you have all the fun, man. <laughs> I know. I have been watching uh, Being the Elite, too. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, but... So they launched on, you know, uh, TNT, which, by the way, Chris, how insane is it to see wrestling again on TNT? It's actually pretty freaking crazy uh, to see pro wrestling on a Turner network after all these years. And and I felt like a child, man. I'm going to be honest. I felt like a kid, like a teenager again. Right. I, I, I mean, I, I loved it, especially when the first episode opened up with good old JR and then the man himself, Tony fucking Shivani. Yeah, I, and, and I had I had made this comment uh, a few episodes back that if they didn't have Jim Ross and Tony Shivani uh, on this commentary team on Dynamite on TNT, it, it wasn't going to be worth it. And as soon as I heard... Jim Ross introduced Excalibur and said, a man over here, uh, he's very familiar with, you know, pro wrestling, Tony Schiavone. I was like, oh, my God, uh, are they listening to us or what? Well, you, and, and it's funny because if, if you listen to Tony Schiavone, you know, they kind of said that, like, this deal kind of happened last minute. Like, I, yeah. he wasn't originally supposed to be there. Mm-mm. So, but, uh, I mean, that, that's crazy just how things work. Well, so far, ever since that first episode, you know, they've had, uh, was it now four more technically? Or is, yeah, yeah, four more. Yeah, they've had four, four other episodes complete total. Right. So, the second episode. The second episode was great. Uh, I love that episode uh, as well. But I... I, I I've got to make this statement right now. I made it uh, a couple of days, like on Facebook, or I made it a couple of weeks ago on Facebook and like our Twitter account. Like I said, that episode, episode three, was one of the greatest episodes of wrestling on TV I have seen presented in years. Yeah. I mean, you did, and and then I I watched it on uh, on demand, and I have to say, he's not lying. It was an amazing uh, edition of Dynamite. 
I mean, just from the way it opened up with the chaotic start, you know, the Lucha Bros attacking uh, SCU and everything yeah. like that, to one of the matches that really surprised me, which was Rio and uh, Britt Baker. Because the- when, when the ladies started locking up, right, when they first started doing some chain wrestling and they, and they started the match off and everything, it kind of looked like, uh-oh, Houston, we might have a problem here because it looked kind of like Rhea was struggling a little bit to keep up with Britt Baker and vice versa. Like, it looked like, uh-oh, <laughs> this might go bad. And then just all of a sudden, that match became the match of the night. Yeah. Other I, than the, the, the two co-main events, technically. Oh, Yeah. I mean, when they started off, it did look like, you know, um, was it Rio? Yeah. Uh, that she was kind of a little frustrated, a little flustered, almost like she was you know, blowing up real quick. But then the whole thing switched gears in less than a second. Yes. And, oh, my God. They they tore it up. And, dude, and it, the ending to that match could not have been more perfect. No, it was great. Uh, I mean, she thought, goes you know, for Britt the lock Baker was going to take the win. Do what? I said everybody thought Britt Baker was going to take that win. and uh, Well, yeah, because because it was the thing. She locked in the lockjaw, so it's like, uh-oh, she's immediately going to tap out, but then she found a way to reverse it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, oh, dude, it was, it I was mean, incredible. Yeah, well, they were in Philadelphia for episode three, so they had to bring it. I mean, you're talking well, about the city that's pro-wrestling-esque. They'll yeah. eat you alive. Well, Philly will eat you alive if you don't bring the good wrestling and if you don't bring the violence. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> which they brought. Uh, yes, they did. They brought it, um, but before that, that tag match between... Uh, Pac and Moxley versus Hangman Page and Omega. Oh my dear Lord Jesus! If and and if if you could, you know, if you could write a, a feud the way that it should be done, to me, this Moxley and Omega feud is it. Yeah, it's perfect. I don't think it could be written any better. Well. I think they got in a bit of luck there with, uh, you know, Moxley being out of All Out. Because to me, that built more anticipation. Yeah, it did. And, and allowed it to go further. Yeah, and and just Moxley has come into his own since going into AEW. He is a completely different character. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, it is, it's insane. And you wonder, like, you look at it and you go, this was the guy that you wanted in WWE to act like he was getting a rabies shot and say it was because of the smelly, disgusting people. Yeah. I'm sitting there going, I just brought out Gus Johnson there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But, I know, right? But, uh, no, like, that's what you wanted this guy to do. And I'm sitting there going, wow. Like, like just wow. 
Like I don't get I don't get why you want your wrestlers to look like idiots. But the, 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 that's for later on. But yeah, you know, that's later this on. right here. Even when they locked up in the matchup, and you know they were battling back and forth, you still want more. Like that. That might. I am looking forward to that matchup right there, Kenny Omega versus Moxley. Because again, you have two of the most creative minds I think we've ever seen in the wrestling business. You've got two, well, as far as guys that when they put together a match, you know, it's just like, hey, we want to do this and that. And it's just like, okay, if you let them, you know, do what they do, then they can just produce something magic. You know, it's like, it's like, hey, trust us, you know, like, like, you know, let us do it. And to me, if you're going to put them together, it's like, that's just a recipe for just, hey. How far can we go in this? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, every time that Moxley and Omega get in the ring these days, my mind gets more blown. Hell, anytime any of the AW, uh, AEW wrestlers get in the ring these days, my mind gets blown. Uh, it, and, and, it, and it started, I'm, I'm going to be honest, it started with fucking Cody Rhodes. Yeah, when Cody had that very first matchup on AEW Dynamite. The reception he got and the performance that him and his opponent put on was just phenomenal. Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. It, it was phenomenal. And that was the best way to start it. That was the best way to bring wrestling back to TNT. Well, it, it, it was. And, but here's the thing. I just did not realize how over Cody was until this thing like launched, I guess, or, or like officially took form because for a long period of time, I thought Cody, you know, and, and maybe I was wrong. Maybe I didn't see enough of it or whatnot, but I thought he was just kind of popular because he was in the bullet club or he was associated with the young bucks and Kenny Omega. Yeah. You know, which is kind of why, like, he went heel and, you know, it, it did his own thing and they were all kind of feuding. And I, I don't know, like, like I thought that I, I, I didn't know if he was really that over. And then, like, I've been hearing these reactions and I'm just like, oh, my God, these are almost like Austin and Rock like reactions. Yeah. And he just. So. Yeah, he, he blew up. And I, well, I mean, you know, me and you talked about it. I think it's because, and I think you would agree with this, is, you know, it's because if you look at it in the fans' eyes, he truly represents what they are trying to say about pro wrestling. Or like what we're saying about pro wrestling. Yeah, he he's basically us, the wrestling fan. It's crazy, but he he's representing what pro wrestling should be and what it needs to be. Exactly, exactly, and and that's what you know. This whole launch of AEW has been. 
you know it's it's really is what it says it's for wrestling uh it's for wrestling fans by wrestling fans and by wrestlers and they're doing an amazing job there has not been an episode out of the four episodes that have aired that i can't turn away i'm i know and that segment, that segment this past Wednesday with Cody and Jericho, oh my dear God, you oh, dude, that was that was me. television gold, right? Like you messaged me and you were just like, that was amazing. Yeah, that was incredible. And the thing was, is I just had love how it started out. You know, Cody's coming out of the ring, and it's his second interaction with Tony Schiavone. The first one was amazing because he got in the ring, he pointed at Tony, and he told him, "Was like, this is for you." And he hugged him right there, and you just felt that emotion. Yep. And it wasn't it wasn't staged emotion. It wasn't scripted emotion. It was real emotion because Tony Schiavone hasn't been on Turner Networks since WCW shut down. I mean, he's done the Braves, but you know that's not the same. It's not pro wrestling. It's not what brought him to the dance. And. He made his return to Turner Networks after all this time. So that was huge. But then mm-hmm. this this you know past Wednesday when uh, he was in the ring with Shivani and Jericho and the inner circle are up there blowing their air horns and they cut this you know big promo. And I just <laughs> Cody, what, what Cody said just I, I couldn't help but lose my my you know what. He's like, Hey Chris, unlike that other promotion we both came from where there's <laughs> an invisible boundary. I'll step out of this ring. I'll climb over that barricade. And I'll come up there and I'll whoop your ass. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, I, I like that, but then I loved how Jericho was just like, "All right, well, it's four against one. You know, even you do the odds." And then you know, here comes Dustin, Dustin, and, and then MJF comes out. And then MJM came out to a pretty big pop, did he not? Yeah, and they're getting ready to roll out, and they're like, "That's still that's three, that's four against three. You can't stand no chance." All of a sudden, and yo, then all of a sudden, me. it's yeah. I was about I was to like, say it's yeah. me, it's DDP, and I went. I lost it. Dude, oh, I, I did lost too. it. I came out of like my couch and I went, "Oh my god." DDP is back on fucking TNT. Yeah, and then he's walking up. They're all walking up the aisle, and Chris Jericho's like, don't come up here. Don't come up. And they locked themselves in the VIP <laughs> room. Well, and no, I, I loved it. I loved how it worked out because he's sitting there, and he's mocking Cody. And Cody just looks at MJF, and MJF pulls off his scarf and wraps it around his head. Speaking of the scarf thing, did you hear the comment Jericho made when MJF walked out? Oh, what? great. A, oh. a stupid idiot with a scarf. Yes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you wear a scarf. I know. That's why it was funny. But, but. I, well, I like no, actually, actually, hang on. You, you want to know something, though? What, what I thought was hilarious, what I thought was hilarious, I don't know if you noticed this, but when they were walking down the ramp, MJF is still in that heel mode 24 7, and he did the diamond cutter upside down. <laughs> Like yeah, he, he did. Fucking camera, and he just like just with like with a disgusted look on his face. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, he did upside down. But but I just love the fact that when Jericho was picking at you know just mocking him from behind that went that glass door, MJF just hands over the scarf. Cody wraps it around his fist and punches through the glass, opens the door, and proceeds to open a can up on all of them. 
And then oh, brawling out, he dragged Jericho out, and then they had the brawl. And and I swear, like at that moment, it was a moment that I have not had in 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 re- or while watching wrestling, which is just oh shit, here we go! Like oh yeah, it it blew up like big time, man. And and I like the part where. <laughs> he dumped the trash can over Jericho's head and then proceeded to take him over to the dipping dot stand and shoved his head in the dipping dots. <laughs> and I just busted out laughing. And and the whole segment was great, but what was even better was a few minutes after like uh Dynamite went off the air, Dipping Dots actually went on Twitter and said, Hey, uh, if you don't mind, don't harm the dipping dots. We'll, if if you we'll we'll give you your own flavor called Rocky Roads if you do not use dipping dots in a fight again. <laughs> and Cody Rhodes comes on and says, "You've got a deal." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, this dude's He's like, all right, deals left and right." <laughs> like Jesus, but the whole time Jericho was just the whole time was crazy because Jericho's like, "I've got a ticket, I've got a ticket, you're in the I've wrong." Got a ticket, damn it. And he sticks, the ticket he, he sticks the ticket to his forehead and sitting there dancing in the back. Because <laughs> they're on commercial break and they have the, you know, the side-by-side picture-in-picture. Picture. And I'm yeah. sitting there looking at the commercial. I just happen to glance back over to the second screen. He's got the stinking ticket stuck to his forehead. And him <laughs> in the damn inner circle are sitting there just dancing like, we got tickets. We had them locked up. We can't take us. Jesus Christ. <laughs> What the hell am I watching? I but it was it. great. I fucking love it, bro. Like, dude, I, I, we've said it on this podcast. I know I've repeated it into the ground, but I truly, dude, I think Jericho truly might be the goat. I mean, he he might too. look. You mentioned to me like like before we started recording. You mentioned to me how, and I agree with you, that Jericho is at the top of his game, and he's been in the game for how long? Yeah, it, it's crazy. To look at Jericho and, and to see everything he's done, from his time in Japan to his time in ECW to WCW, as you know, the Lionheart, to Y2J, in WWF, uh, reinventing himself again, time and time again in WWE, uh, and then all of a sudden he goes to New Japan, reinvents himself again, and then turns around and reinvents himself one more time for AEW. And each time it's a refreshing breath of air. Hell, it's he always something himself different. in New Japan. Yeah, it's it's always something different, and it doesn't feel stale, and it doesn't feel overworked, and it doesn't feel like the same old shtick. It's no. always fresh, it's always new, and it's always entertaining. But he is still Jericho. Exactly. Because a lot of guys, you know, when they transition characters, sometimes they'll become a completely different person. You know, whereas Jericho, it's like he's been able to reinvent himself, but it's still Jericho. Exactly. He he could change himself up and still be himself and still feel refreshing, still feel new. Right. 
It's crazy. It's it's insane. And that's why I, I think he might be on to the fact of, dude, you might actually be the greatest of all time. I know we could say Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan even, you know. And yes, Hulk Hogan is in that conversation. You want to know why? Because you drew money. Exactly. At a time when you actually had to draw money. Like the brand thing alone didn't work. You had to draw money yourself. So he's in that conversation. Austin's in that conversation. Blah, blah, blah. All right, Michael's, you know, Hart, whatever. But Jericho, he's still in the game. He's still reinventing himself. He has never had a major injury. His body is not, I guess, as beaten up as other people. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't get it. But he's still able to. And, dude, did he not make – did he not do what he always does, which was make a star out of somebody? And that oh, somebody yeah. was Darby Allen. He made a star out of Darby Allen. And I love the part where he hang, he, he you know hog tied Darby Allen's uh, wrist behind him. his back, and you know Darby Allen just took the fight to him. And Jericho does what he always does. I mean, Jericho is this generation's Ric Flair. Let's get it point blank, straight to the point. I'm, Jericho, body, huh? I, no, I will say yes, yes, yeah. I agree. Everybody that gets in the ring with Chris Jericho gets elevated. Right. So, I mean, I, And here's what's funny, is when they were doing that spot, I, and I call it that spot because I knew kind of what was going to happen with that. I didn't know all the way, but it's a similar spot that Darby Allen did with Moxley. That kind of, I don't know if it necessarily went viral, but I, I mean, like, I, someone posted the video and I saw it. So, um, but it, it was like uh, Moxley at an independent event did that to Darby. He, like, handcuffed his hands behind his back, and Darby kind of did, like, the same thing. So I knew kind of what was going to happen with that. Yeah. But I liked the way that it was done. I mean, it was just, it was incredible. But the thing was, though, is is what I've what I've said about these past four episodes was nothing has felt like it was forced booking. Exactly, and, and it didn't feel like it was scripted. I mean, you know, the no. matches are already booked and everything to that effect. But it was. But you still don't know None what's of... going to happen. Exactly. I mean, Here's the thing, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but oh, you're fine. Here's the thing, I mean, look at look at the private party versus the young bucks. You thought for sure, okay, well, this is obviously going to end up being the young bucks in the finals or some shit, and they get eliminated the first round by private party. I that that was one I didn't call. I went what, like, and and the way that they did it, it was. It was insane. But people want to, you know, post about AEW. They want to be like, oh, well, they're obviously just featuring Cody, the Young Bucks, and blah, blah, blah. And they're not putting over any of their stars. They're not getting anybody over. And I went, so if that's true, why is it then that the Young Bucks got eliminated in the first round? And why did uh, 
Kenny Omega go on a losing streak for the first few bits of, uh, you know, AEW's launch. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a thing. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do fan theory for a minute, right? So I have a theory about that. It, it's probably out of the box, but I think he's I think he's going to continue to still lose a lot in AEW, and it's going to be because he wants to go back in J- to Japan to finish one thing, which is headline the Tokyo Dome with old uh, um, Kota Ibushi. Now, that could be the case. That could very well be the case. I mean, that's just a fan-like theory kind of thing and, and and that's one that i thought of by the way damn it they i don't mean want he, taking credit for he me. just went down to triple a and won what the mega the mega championship down there that's very true i was one i didn't call i was wondering why they did that i went what yeah that blew my mind i was like what the hell are we serious right now well they but did it was amazing he did it did and you I was just also like, see shit. Did you also see, too, like, I was going to talk to you about this. Not only has Dynamite been great, but so has AEW Dark. But, like, okay, so I checked out Dark, right? I checked out the second episode. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought, all right, I mean, there, there'll probably be some good matches, but not nothing real too big or anything. It's going to be like, you know, superstars, or it's going to be like, 205 Live at this point, blah, blah, blah. You know, that kind of thing. And then you watch it, and the main event for the second episode is a fucking unsanctioned match between Joey Janela and Kenny Omega. And I went, wait, what? Is this actually happening? And I said, and, and dude, oh my God, that match was insane. And here's the thing. You can't technically count. I'm, I'm, I'm spoiling it, kind of. You know, like if, if you've seen the match, Chris, you know we'll go over it. But here's the thing: if, if you look at that match, he wins the matchup, but it doesn't count because it's unsanctioned. Yeah, and, and they made that clear on uh, the episode of Dynamite that now you know Darby Allen had an opportunity to prove himself because now a win would count. And that's another thing I like about AEW. Your wins and losses actually count. Well, you know, and, and that was the thing. Everyone wondered, what does that mean? What You know, how, how are they going to, you know, like, do that? And I was just like, this means that, that you know, it's going to mean more, like, if you win, because then a win's going to put you in the eyes of getting a title shot, which is exactly. supposed to be booked. It's supposed to. It's supposed to feel like uh, actual competition, like it's a sport, like it used to. Exactly. Before WWE got a hold of it and bastardized it. You mean until they took over the wrestling world? Bingo. And it feels like a competition. I mean, just like just this past Wednesday, um, right. you know, the bastard Pac versus John Moxley. First of all, I, I love. I, First of all, I'm sorry to cut you off again, but I I gotta say this about Pac, man. Is he not one of the best heels in the business right now? He is. I mean, here's the thing. He is one of those guys, right? He does the flips. We all know this. He even says that he does it, you know? 
But here's the thing. Even though that he does the cool moves, it's not enough to get him cheered right now because the actions that he does, he legit does heal actions. He knows how to tug at the audience. He knows what makes them tick. Well, that and, and, and I got to say this. And, you know, for all the faults that JBL gets in, in this industry, he, he has one of the smartest minds. And one of the things he said about Pac was, is he said, well, when he was Neville, was he said, you know, he was doing the King Neville, you know, kind of thing. And uh, JBL said this. He was like, he was like, Neville has reinvented himself in a good way because now he's not just another wrestler that does flips. Now he's a now he's actually a character. Now I actually care about him. Now I actually like I want to see him get his ass whooped sometimes because he talks so much crap. But then, you know, he goes out there and he kills the competition. So, you know, he's actually a character. And I agree with that. That's what he's done so well. It, you know, even since leaving the WWE, is he's just been so good at like maintaining that character kind of thing. Yeah, and 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 it's not even a character, much less is it, it's probably his own freaking personality shining through. Oh no, it's it's definitely him. Like like you can tell that like he's in his element right now, and that was something that he well, he kind of was in in WWE a little bit because here was the thing. He worked on 205 Live in WWE, so he could get away with that. You know, he could get away with kind of cutting his own promo and and being, you know, this badass heel and everything like that. If he had done that on the main roster, they'd have squashed him in two seconds. Oh, yeah. They'd have squashed him in two seconds. Give me a fucking break. You know, like, but here... I mean, dude, I'm so glad they got whatever, you know, they had at first uh, wrong with him. Like, I'm glad that they got that worked out because he he is someone I would I would probably take as a as a top uh, draft pick. Wouldn't you? Yeah. The dude's phenomenal. I'm sorry. I don't even know how else to say it. Sorry. Hey, I got an idea real quick. Okay. Why don't we video chat so we can see each other? I can't get the file off of a video that easily. Oh, you can't? No, that's why I do the audio, because the fucking video files, every time I try to rip them, they want to act stupid. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's okay. Um, say what you were going to say about Pac and Moxley. I'm trying to remember where we left off. About the wins and losses matter, and you were talking about Pac and Moxley. And you started off about Pac being a uh, top uh, pick, and I said, yeah, he's phenomenal. There's nothing more I could say about it. Right, and then I was going to let, and then I'm telling you, you can go on with your thought if you don't remember it. <laughs> okay. All right, three, two. Yeah, the, the dude's phenomenal. And, um, I, I mean, there's nothing more to say. I mean, just look at this matchup with Moxley and him. Dude, this went oh, to God. a draw. <laughs> what did you think of that? 
Dude, that I again lost my you know what when I seen that it went to a time limit draw. Right? Because I don't think that's happened since WCW. Yeah. I haven't seen a time limit draw on network television in forever. And this it was is- so close contest. I seriously. This is very true. Like I I mean when they started, you know, saying out the times, you kind of thought that that that, that was going to happen. But here's the thing. They've done that in a couple of matches where like they'll get near the time limit in, but they'll end the match before the time limit actually expires. Yeah, but so it, this is this is the first time we've actually had a time limit draw, not like uh, pay-per-view. I mean, we had one with Cody Rhodes. But this is like national television and and we've got a time limit draw and Moxley Did you see Moxley's reaction? Time limit my ass. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. But like I somebody loved it said, too. it had to happen uh because it keeps them both uh without a loss. Well, um, then, then again, here it is, here's here's another reason. That can continue their story a little bit. So like maybe exactly. we could see them, you know, maybe uh, on next week's show or this coming week's show, in, in whenever you're hearing this, you know, when they open up the show, they might start off with, hey, we want to fight each other again. Okay, fine. Exactly. Make it unsanctioned. No time limit. Exactly. I mean, that's just smart booking. That's just- and that's all we've had in these shows. There's a lot of smart bookings. I, I I agree completely. I mean, I mean, th- there'll be a lot of people that might disagree. I really don't give a fuck because you really just can't show me where there was a bad point in these shows. I mean, there just, hasn't been. It's been amazing. And the fact is, is that they're actually able to still be entertaining as well, but still present a sports-based product. And, and and TNT is all over that. <laughs> I was about to say, are they like not 100% behind this? Which is so weird considering the history. I mean, we talk about, you know, the history of wrestling on TNT. And if you really think about it, it's actually not that great. But here's the here's the difference. And we've said this before. Right. The management and, and, you know, the whole inner workings over at Turner has changed significantly. And it wasn't really, true. you know, the, the people behind Turner Broadcasting at the time, WCW's there. Yeah, they didn't want, you know, wrestling on their network. But, you know, they had to answer to Ted. And AOL Time Warner is the one that finally put the kibosh on pro wrestling. Now, that whole AOL Time Warner thing's gone. Those people who were in charge of wrestling back then, some of them are still there, but there's a lot more fresh people, fresh ideas. Well, first of all, those people at AOL are stupid. Yeah, they're dumbasses. Stupid as fuck. And they not only fucked up wrestling, but they fucked up the Braves. They fucked up the Thrashers. They fucked up everything. But go ahead. But <laughs> anyway, I mean, Tony Khan has been talking to somebody over at TNT for the longest time about starting his own wrestling program. And 
So you've already got somebody who is in the know over there and who is a wrestling uh, enthusiast or fan or something. Right. And, well, and, again, and, and, and that's the thing, it, you know, that's what makes AEW different from everyone else. It's Tony Khan. The yeah. minute the minute investors or TV networks or anything like that here. Okay, so this is pro wrestling. Oh, well, okay. Who owns it? Tony Khan. To- wait, Tony Khan of the Khan family? Huh? Uh, okay, we'll talk business then. Because they know that this guy, he's going to present an edgy product. He's even said that. He's like, it's going to be edgy, but it's still going to be advertiser friendly. And he didn't lie. I agree. The thing has been like awesome from the jump. I, I, I agree. And how excited are you for full gear? I am. Uh, I don't think I've been this excited for a pay per view since the Attitude Era. I'm definitely more excited than I was for Hell in a Cell. This is very, very true. I mean, here's the thing, and Moxley and Omega have touched already, but I want to see more. I'm just like, oh no, I want to see when those guys get in a full match, and let's see what shit they come up with. And then Cody and Jericho, oh dear God, that's just gonna be like a hey, let's let the let's let the masters just work. Exactly. Let's let them do their thing. Yeah. Which is what you should fucking do. Exactly. It it works every single time. It it really does. You might not think it does, but it does. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, I even posted that after that third episode. I was like, I was like, they just showed what happens when you give the artists the paintbrushes and you just let them paint. And that's all you have to do is just let them paint. Let them do their thing. Let them be them. They know their characters better than anybody else. And look at how big this has gotten. Look at yeah. how, you know, AEW showcasing, okay, guidelines, already have your matches set in place, already have, you know, the predetermination. Uh, we all know this is what wrestling business is. But guess yes. what? Let them do what they do. That's their craft, and they have honed it and perfected it. That's and why I, I always love – that's why I always love – hearing the stone cold stories because you know just incredible on uh his youtube thing of like teaching you how to wrestle and stuff like that mm-hmm. he even he said that he said he said uh that when he had a match with austin he went up to austin and he said he said hey man uh what what, what do you want to do in the match and austin went what's the finish and he, and he just said and he said well you're going over and he goes Kick you in the gut and stun you. Yeah. Figure it out from there. Exactly. There's no, like, the, the only person I ever heard that they rehearsed their match through the fullest was Macho Man Randy Savage because he was a perfectionist. Everybody else calls it on the fly in the ring. 
except these days in WWE where everything is scripted down to the freaking start of the match. Well, so, let's not well, let's not just no, blame not, WWE on that. No, I'm not. I'm not blaming WWE. I'm just blaming the fact that it, it's sheer stupidity to script an entire match from start to finish because that even takes AEW away the magic and the fun of the match. It takes away everything pro wrestling is and supposed to be. And it takes away the creativity of the talent. Because then everything's generic. I, I, I agree. But, you know, even, you know, not just WWE. I mean, you know, you and I have been in the locker rooms and stuff like that. And I know people at AEW, like, like the participants in the match, at least, like, they do go over their shit. But the, so, the point the point of it is is it's an art form. And it's right. an art form that many of us, you included, myself included, have, have had the opportunity to get involved with, to develop and, and to learn and to hone and to, you know, come into your own on it. You, and it's so much it, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's so much better. To call it out in the ring, in my opinion, because then you like I I agree. You can feel the moment. You can feel where you need to go and everything like that. If you go and you just script it from you know front to back, it's like, well, wait a minute. The crowd actually feels like they're going this way. Maybe we should go this. No, we've already went over it. We need to just continue this way. And exactly. Like, yeah, and that's the stupid thing. It's just and, dumb, and I and I and I, <laughs> I agree completely. Like, but more so than that, you know. I mean, like, I, like I, I can see why sometimes you you have to you know do this and that for in the ring. But the promos, it's like, dude, everyone in WWE sounds the exact same. They all sound the same talking. It sounds like. Vince McMahon. Like everybody from the top to the bottom. Name me one person in AEW that sounds the same. Nobody. Exactly. And I, I, I love where AEW is going. I, I can't wait. Apparently, if you're Kevin Nash, though, uh, that segment that we thought was so cool. Uh, he didn't like so much. He said that the fact of they were fans in the stands and that he had an AEW mic and everything like that made it feel uh, scripted or whatnot. I'm no longer watching this. I'm just going to watch NXT from now on. I'm sitting there going, are you fucking kidding me? For real. Uh, that, uh, that's uh, what you had a problem with. Course, so never mind all of the other. So never mind all of the other shit that they've done over these past few weeks and the few pay per views that they've had and whatnot. That was what turned you off. No, that's what Triple H told him to say. <laughs> Do what? That's what Triple H told him to say. Let's get it right. I know for real. Did you hear what Seth Rollins said? No, I didn't actually. Oh, okay, so Seth Rollins was at one of those, like, Comic-Con things or something like that. 
And a fan, a fan asked him, you know, what would be the possibility of you facing Kenny Omega one day or blah, blah, blah. His response was, uh, he said, well, he, when he's done playing in the minor leagues and wants to come work for a real wrestling company, the only wrestling company, the only true wrestling company in the world or something like that, then, you know, maybe that will happen or something like that. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me, Seth? So, okay. So that kid that was on the indie, that, that was on the independence that worked for ROH, where ROH put your ass on the map, motherfucker. WWE wouldn't even know you exist if it wasn't for ROH. And you don't think at that point, at some point, he wasn't really making that much money, and maybe he thought to himself, um, damn, I wish there was another promotion out there to where I could get good exposure and get a good payday. I wouldn't have to starve the rest of my life. But then again, you know, he eventually goes to WWE, so I guess he really doesn't care. Someone heard that, though, and that someone was Jim Ross, good old JR, who on his podcast, Grilling with JR, was asked about that by good old Conrad Thompson. Chat me up. <laughs> he, he asked him what he thought about this, and JR's quote was, um, well, Seth, maybe one day you'll be as over as your girlfriend. <laughs> he really said that? I'm not fucking joking. Go to, go to Grilling with JR. It's Buried Alive, uh, 1996. They're going to talk about that pay-per-view event. And he says, well, well, Seth. Maybe one day you'll be as over as your girlfriend. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> and Conrad Thompson's direct response to that was, was, ouch. That's legit. All he said was just, ouch. <laughs> well, it's true. Ouch. What the hell? Well... Jesus. Well, okay, so JR recently, right? JR, after, you know, he's been traveling a lot. Yes. So he has to go through customs. And there was an episode last week, right, where you kind of got this fired up JR. Like it was, it was like he was pissed off. He was ready to talk. He was even ready to joke about stuff. He was ready, just, he was just ready to let it go. And, it's called like chap ass JR or something like or or red it's like red ass or chap ass. Probably chapped like ass. That. It might be chapped ass, but I, I swear I heard red ass as well. I don't know, but that that's what they were calling it. They've even got a brand new t shirt coming out for it on the on their website. Or Jesus so they Christ. say. But JR just kind of gets in this mood after traveling and then Conrad just happens to hit record and then he just asks him questions and JR just lets it rip after that. And this has happened now two episodes and this past episode was when like he responded to Rollins and yeah, that's what he said. Now he said a lot more after that, which wasn't really so damning, but it was <laughs> just 
when he said that, I even went, oh, my God, what? <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Well, I never okay. in a million years would have ever thought JR would give that much radical of a burn to any <laughs> wrestler. Well, okay, so, and, and here's another reason. So, last, so last, uh, last week's episode, right? Uh-huh. He, uh, which I think was Ash JR anything or something like that. I could be wrong. I, I forget which one it was. No, it was Taboo Tuesday, right? Yeah, so he was talking about Taboo Tuesday. But before it, you know, he, he said, he said, well, I'm sorry I'm kind of pissed off because, look, he, he got actual Twitter messages, right? He, uh-huh. got, he got people saying that he doesn't care about the business anymore or he sounds like he doesn't care, when he said uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. He called Jungle Boy Jack, like, like he was like, he was like, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And I went, I went, you know, that's funny because I thought that was what his name was. <laughs> but, okay, according to that, uh, people, it, it's just Jungle Boy, and you can't say anything else. So they got on to JR, blah, 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 and they were just like, yeah, JR, you don't have it anymore, which was bullshit. If JR's that, got it and will have it forever. Yeah, exactly. If you heard that third episode, which you know me, the one complaint I have had has been Excalibur. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you talk over everyone. I'm getting sick of it and everything like that. I will admit, dude. I actually like him now. This team of JR and Tony Schiavone and Excalibur, it's working. In my opinion. Even this past week, Excalibur went to say something, and he got real quiet, and then JR and uh, Tony Schiavone were like, no, we value your opinion. You're part of this team. It's a three-man team. Say what you got to say. And he (laughs) just got real comfortable. He's like, we love you, buddy. (laughs) Like, that's just great. Well, that's because he 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 did he does use big words, and it's like it's like that person that tries to use big words all the time, and it's like, dude, you don't you can just say a normal word. You don't need to say <laughs> the way that you described it or something like that. I don't know, but they were just joking with him uh, and whatnot. But people are actually that ignorant that they're gonna say that Jr. doesn't have it anymore. Or that he, and so he got pissed. He's like, dude, are you serious? I put my soul into this every single time I go out there. So fuck you, was basically what he said. And he said it. He said, fuck you. <laughs> like, I'm, I've never heard JR like this, but now Conrad is just like, okay, JR, we're recording after you get, after you get home every time. <laughs> Which is great because you just catch him right where you need him. I'm for real, like, like that's what happened. Like, he even, like, Conrad legit acknowledged it on the Taboo Tuesday. He's like, I've never seen you like this. He's like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> he's like, he's like, and people say that he's bitter. And he's like, I'm not bitter, folks. I'm just passionate. And I agree. It is. He's just passionate. It's he like loves the business. Exactly. It's like if you get repeatedly told every single time by people who have never been in your position that you do this, blah, 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 and that, 
yeah, eventually you're going to say something. It's going to be like, hey, fuckers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, what the fuck, man? And I feel him. I, I feel his pain. And I agree. JR and, is one of the best play-by-plays in the business and a great mind, too. And a lot of people don't realize he's behind the scenes as much as he is in front. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everybody can kiss his ass. Well, that's basically just what he's saying, and he's just he's not afraid to state his opinion about, you know, pay-per-view events and stuff like that. He's even not afraid to, you know, say stuff about AEW. He even says it, you know, like, Guys do too many flips sometimes. I'll agree with that. Yeah. I'm not going to say that everyone does, though, but I'll agree with that. I do. I think a lot of guys use too much flips, but that's Maybe different. Young Bucks do too many thing. super kicks. Now, I think we all get that by now. That's just, <laughs> that's, that's the joke. But yet it's used serious. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but dude, no, seriously. AEW has produced some of the best wrestling, some of the best TV content for wrestling that I have seen in years. And I I can't wait to see even more. I can't wait to see, I can't wait till they announce, motherfucker, that they're coming to Atlanta. When that day comes, I'm going. <laughs> you and me both. Well, hopefully, maybe I can get some... Uh... Some backstage passes or something since I work for Cracker Barrel. If, uh, you know, the, the Mr. Uh, Young Bucks or, or Cody are listening to this, uh, guys, I, I'll feed you. I don't give a crap. I will bring you in. We can have a biscuit party. I don't care. <laughs> I need to be in AW. Cracker Barrel sponsoring you. Christ. Hook a brother up. Yeah, you didn't sound like a desperate man there. No, whatsoever. I'm not desperate at all. Oh, okay. Well, then <laughs> we'll just we'll show you how desperate he is when we come back uh, from these words from TMB Studios. Don't go anywhere. It's the Stovall Wrestling Network. I know we're supposed to do some sort of commercial or something like that, man. Uh, you know, I'm not prepared for stuff like this. Look, it's easy, man. You just got to say one line. That's it. One one line, okay. Yep. So, uh, well, you picked up the, what was what's, what's the one line? Look, look, it's easy to say, man. Look, all you got to do is say that '90s nostalgia is now on TMB Studios in podcast form, and we're talking about the '90s more than ever before. That simple. So, is that your line or my line? That's your line. Oh, well, you just said it. No, I said it because you said your line. So, so we're done here. No, we're not done. All you had to do was just say that 90s Nostalgia is on TMB Studios, and it's in podcast form, and we're talking about the 90s more than ever before. How hard is that for you to say? It's not, but you said it already. I know I said I said it for the for you. Uh, well, well, I guess we're done here. Uh, no, no, we're not done. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, just let's just start the commercial. It's already it's started. Already good. What? No, we don't start the commercial until I say start the commercial. I'm the guy in charge. Yeah, and we don't TV start it. Studios, touch my bass productions. It's the same thing all over again. People tell us what to do. I tell you. Oh, what the? Nobody starts it. We need to start this until somebody says 90s nostalgia on TMB Studios. I guess we're done. I, I guess um, I'm out of here. I'll talk to you later, brother. No, no. We, 
90s nostalgia, just say the freaking line. 90s nostalgia, catch it exclusively on TMB Studios. You're listening to the Stowell Wrestling Network, exclusively on TMB Studios. All right, we're back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, the SWN podcast, talking about more pro wrestling. And something that really took the world by storm, literally, <laughs> is uh, NWA. The NWA has returned, and it has brought this brand new YouTube show called Power. And it is studio wrestling Chris and I know you as an old school wrestling fan probably couldn't get Bill Blanchard off of the phone during that whole damn thing for the first episode going oh my god it's studio wrestling Chris it's studio wrestling Hulk didn't smash (laughs) well I'm not sure exactly what uh, Bill Blanchard's response to it was I know he was really hyped up for it um, but I'll tell you what my response was to it. I I could not take my attention off of it, period. Oh, my God. Uh, no, dude, right? from the jump, let's just put it out there. From the jump, this thing had me as soon as I heard Dokken, okay? Yep. As soon as I heard, Into the Fire. Was I that the original it. theme song? I, huh? Was that the original theme song? No. Okay. It's just the fact that it is a it is a '80s theme, and, and the last time I heard it was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, Three: The Dream Warriors. Oh, uh, right. So it fits perfectly with the era, and it really does. <laughs> and they did an they did an amazing job of capturing the essence of what the original NWA was all about. I mean. Just point blank from from but while but while modernizing it as yeah, well. they modernized it, and I, I think the biggest thing that I loved was Jim Cornette on commentary. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it, it couldn't get any better than that. <laughs> it, it couldn't get any better if his, Billy Corgan called me his... and said, "Hey, can you do a Cornette impersonation?" And I just answered, for, "Can I do a Cornette impersonation?" Are you fucking kidding me? Put me on the microphone. I'll hear that shit, no problem. <laughs> he he was crazier than a rainbow trout caught in a caught in a. He has said some off the wall things, and I have literally sat there and doubled over in laughter just listening to him. He on was commentary. doing that shit in MLW. It was great. But this guy and. I love the fact that there's no entrance themes. Point yes. blank, period. Yes. They come out and, and they take care of business right there. They go from the interview podium to the ring. I know, dude. Hey, wait a minute. Wrestling and promos in wrestling. Who knew that worked? Exactly. <laughs> and these are not scripted promos, you can tell. No, these are and, these are literally hand the guy the mic and and give me what you got, and it works wonderfully. 
I've had several people, right? At, like, well, I've had uh, a coworker of mine. He he said he said, dude, I don't know who the Dawson brothers are, but I'm I, I believe them. Like I, th- th- they were badass. I was just like, yep. And then <laughs> uh, and then, dude, oh my god, how about Damian Sandow or Aaron Stevens as he's Oh met? Jesus! Oh my <laughs> god! Silence. <laughs> Uh, I'm, ser- Mr. I'm serious. Mr. Aaron now. Stevens uh, has a uh, clause in his contract that has no eye contact. That's like, do what? <laughs> yep. Well, he's de- he's basically going all healed now. At Dude, first, when he, he came, came out, out and- when he came out this past Tuesday, he was dressed up as a pirate, yep. and you can hear the. Fa- I love the fan interaction. He's like, "No, I'm not Captain Morgan." And then he went over there <laughs> and did the Captain Morgan stance. <laughs> I was like, this I know. Is Great, I love it. Gold. But here's the thing, too: the matches. I mean, you can tell that these matches are not gone over really in the back or anything. It's just not nope, go out there and do it. Exactly. So Which it's is, perfect. And here's the thing: they're not five star matches, no, but they don't have to be. That's studio wrestling. Back in the day, you didn't. I mean. You got great matches, don't get me wrong, but you never had those, like, five-star matches. You saved that shit for the pay-per-view. Exactly. Which, speaking of which, they announced that they were going to have a pay-per-view called, well, Into the Fire, and it sold out in three hours. It is at the GPB Studios, but still sold out in three hours, and they have limited tickets for their upcoming taping. Like you talk about taking, you talk about taking the world by storm. I didn't know who Tim Storm was, but now I'm a huge fan. Tim Storm is amazing, and I thought he had like a stellar history in the business. He's been straight NWA, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, and the dude, he's got a proven track record. Well, the dude is a fucking tank. I mean, I mean, like, dude, that dude is just, oh, my God, he is a tank. And then, Nick, dude, you talk about someone who is coming to their own, Nick Aldis. He is one of the greatest NWA champions by far in recent history. Point blank, period. Yeah, I mean, he really is. He really is. I lo- dude, I love this story right now with him and Camille. I didn't get it at first, but then when I got some more info because of this show, then, you know, it started to make sense. It finally started to make sense. Okay, this is what she's here for. And he's got a point. Other than, you know... Other than that one time with her and Brandy, what has she really gotten involved in? Yeah, there's nothing else she's gotten involved in. I mean, she is a pro wrestler, but yeah, Camilla Kane. She is the uh, the insurance policy for Nick Aldis. Yeah, and she does a great job. I mean, that bump she took. During the matchup between him and Tim Storm? Oh, yeah. That was a freak. <laughs> she, 
That probably had to hurt a little bit. That was intense. Yeah. Especially with that, with, like I said, that tank just coming at you. Boom. Yeah, there was no padding, so. <laughs> now, did you like how after uh, one of the matches, I, I can't remember the dude. I think it was uh, Ricky Starks, I think was is his name. I think it's, I think that's what his name yeah, is, Ricky, Ricky Stark. Stark. Yeah, And he took on Trevor Murdoch. And he beat Trevor Murdoch, and Murdoch came over to him and was just like, good job, kid, just won my night. And is that not old school or what? Yeah, that's old school, man. I mean, this whole feel, like, what's it, it's funny. What's old is new again. It's like, it's still the old style. It's, it's the old school presentation of it all, but it's with new athletes. It's with you know, dare I say it, better athletes in, in a way. I think, you know, a lot of the legends today, they even look at today's athletes and they're like, those, the, the, those are the greatest athletes ever. You know, is, is who's Because they today. are. They're yeah. doing things that nobody else has ever done. And then, how about... I love Eli Drake. Dude, Eli Drake is phenomenal when it comes to <laughs> promos. <laughs> he really is. I love it. I, I I love it. But I love Colt Cabana's segment where he's like, "Yeah, I got a guy. I got a guy, and his name is Master." <laughs> I lost it there too, man. I was I'm like, not gonna yes. lie. I was like, "Yes." <laughs> that was brilliant. And then he goes up to him, and he was like, "Anderson." <laughs> I loved it. I loved Cabana. It. And then, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> you talk about Jim Cornette. One of the greatest things I saw was when Joe Cephas comes out and is like, We're a star. I want star. And Jim Cornette looks at him. He goes, he goes, he goes, What are you, a weather meteorologist now? <laughs> What are you a weather meteorologist now? Yeah, that was just that was great. <laughs> I loved it. What dude. are you a meteorologist or something? Are you trying to find storms now? Go outside. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just great. Oh my god, I loved it. I, I mean, dude, I I'm curious though now where, and I think that's what the world is now curious. What is the NWA now going to become like? What do you think? I think that, you know, let, let's just put it point blank. Billy Corgan has a vision. And he said it's going to be a multi-year plan on this vision of what he was going to achieve. It might be going faster. It looks that way. But here's the thing is Corgan knows what wrestling needs to be, what it used to be. Right. And that's what he's capturing is what the NWA was at one point. Well, and and not only that, I, I will say this too, because he he said this in one of the uh, documentary things that they've been doing to launch the show. He said it like he's like he's like if we try to be something that we're not, then it's going to fail. So let's just be what it is. He's like, this is studio wrestling. That's what it is, which so, is perfect. 
I mean, that's the answer it needed to be. Well, here's the thing, too. It's actually different, you know, than, than any wrestling out there. Like, no one else is doing this style of presentation. No, nobody's doing it. And, 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 and people might say, people might say, well, TNA, what was that? That's not studio. No. Studio is legit like a studio audience. Like you would see on, dare I say it, the Maury Povich show. Mm-hmm. That's a studio. I mean, that legit, that's a studio audience. So that's what they're doing basically with the NWF. I love it. I can't wait for that thing. And, dude, is it not the most brilliant thing to launch it at, obviously, 6.05? Yeah, it's great. Uh, and, and to put it on a day that there is no wrestling on, with the exception of Impact, but to put it on before Impact, that's even better. And, and to put it on a platform well, that everybody can access. Well, yeah, and, and, and to be honest, that, to me, is why it's doing so good because people are like we can easily find this it's like pull up your phone pull up your computer pull up just pull up youtube bam it's right there i love the fact that they're inter intertwining the social media with it and they have the old school countdown like they used to do with the old pay-per-views right counting down to the show but they intermingle social media comments and reviews on that and it's great right and it well, just feels natural right I, I i love that but you want to know something and i'm not sure if this is the way for everyone else's youtube but it is for mine what's so cool about that is at 605 you get nwa power and then right after that nwa dark premieres you mean aw dark or yeah awe god Damn it. Hey, yeah. God damn it. I'm, it's all yeah. right. It's cool. Too much wrestling going on, so everything. It really is. is. Fuck you. It really is. Fuck you. <laughs> no, but seriously, AEW Dark premieres right after it. And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, this is awesome. It's so just like, loading it, your wrestling up. <laughs> yeah. So, like, and, and like, here's the thing. Like, I remember it, Tuesday, right? So 6.05, NWA Power came on. And then right after it, the, AE, the AEW uh, Dark premiered. And it was the one with Joey Janela versus Kenny Omega, which wasn't even advertised for it. So then I was just like, what? So it was just, dude, it's amazing. I, I, I'm just, I'm so, I'm so happy and and here's the thing, what Corgan is doing is creating uh, more work opportunities. This is very true. And and he's he's rehashing old school memories, old school feelings, and bringing back uh, a niche in pro wrestling that's been missing for a long time. It really has, and he's he's like we said, what's what's old is new again it's like a lot of people have never seen this before and they're like whoa this is interesting yeah and of course a lot of old uh, obviously a lot of old school wrestling fans they're just we're all just like oh my god like 
I love it, and I can't wait to see more. I know I'm going to follow that every single week. To me, his plan, though, it might be going a little bit faster in ways because I'm like, dude, you might be building, like, an even bigger fan base if you were on TV right now. Yeah, and speaking of somebody who's building a bigger fan base, let's just go ahead and call it out right now. You gotta, you gotta say that you got to see Jeffrey Taylor, our boy Jeffrey Taylor from Jeffrey Show Live, right there in the studio audience. God damn it! Episode. I know. <laughs> I saw that motherfucker right there. I was just like, <laughs> God damn it! What? Well, see, the thing was is that we knew he was at the TV tapings because he was posting about it on his social media. Yeah, but he even knew about the goddamn press conference. He knew about, like, the tapings before. Like, I'm sitting there like, how would you know about all this? He's in the know. Yeah, he really is. I mean, dude, if you see the interviews that he's got, he had he had it with Billy Corgan. I watched yeah. that, and I was like, what? dude, you you realize... You're interviewing the guy from Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure he's very much aware. But the thing was is that he got the jump on it and he got that that instant gratification. He's in Atlanta, so of course he's gonna know about all this before the rest of us do. No, of but, course. You know, of course. Hats off to him, man. I mean, he yeah. got to experience the NWA firsthand. And like you said, we're going to get that opportunity. We're going to make sure we get that opportunity. And we're going to experience NWA. But right now, I'm just loving watching it and and reliving uh, basically what feels like my childhood, watching old school uh, Jim Crockett, basically. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's just wrestling. There's just no other way to put it. It's just wrestling. It's what wrestling should be. Exactly. In a lot of ways. I'm not saying everyone has to do that presentation, but it's just, it's nice to see it back. And it's nice to see it not only back, but doing well. Or it seems like it's doing well. Because everyone is just like, whoa, we can find this easily. Boom, right there. And, and you can't tell me everyone doesn't have a fucking YouTube. Yeah, I mean, if you don't, you're full of crap. Anyone. So, I love it. I can't wait to see more of it and everything uh, like that. And uh, another thing I can't wait to see more of is MLW Major League Wrestling, and we'll talk more about them right after a word from TMB Studios. It's the Stovall Wrestling Network right here on TMB. Please do not. Pull that trigger. What are you talking about, boss? <laughs> yeah, okay. They tried to censor us. They tried to stop us. They didn't want us to pull it. But damn it, we're back and we're pulling that trigger, baby. Ha <laughs> ha! The Wrestling Shootout, the greatest wrestling podcast in all the podcasts, is returning. It's coming back soon. You tried to stop us. You thought we were going to go away? Nah, I don't think so. You're listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network, exclusively on TMB Studios. We're back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, the SWN uh, podcast. And I mentioned right before we took that little break there uh, that we were going to talk about MLW, the Major League of Wrestling. 
and uh, or Major League Wrestling, I should say. I keep getting that damn uh, Dusty Rhodes thing because every time the damn uh, intro, you know, comes on, they have that MLW brand logo thing, and it has the Major League the Professional Wrestling fucking revival. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I had. I That's had still the greatest thing, though. I mean, Jesus Christ. I know, right? But, so, yeah, Major League Wrestling. And, dude, I got to be honest with you. I've, so, since, I, I've just been on, like, a YouTube kick as of late. Because, uh, again, YouTube is free. <laughs> and um, I've been watching, like, I've started binge-watching MLW. And, dude, man, they have got some really, really good shit on there. I mean, like, they've got some really good stuff. The stuff that they've been doing with Tom Lawler, pretty much anything that you do with Tom Lawler, I never thought I would say that about a like M, uh, about an MMA guy that came into wrestling like that. But, dude, Tom Lawler, like, he reminds me of Matt Riddle. You know? Like, he's that, da- like, he's that good. Except, for me, Tom Lawler can cut a better promo. Yeah, this is true. Uh, I can see that. And uh, just a lot of the stuff that, that they've been doing with him. And then, dude, this thing that I've been seeing uh, called Contra Unit. Or, bleh, Contra Unit. And it's just been this group that's come in. Which features Simon Gotch, of all people. Mustache gone and all. Like, like he completely shaved off the mustache and dude, like... Um, Simon Gotch is a badass. Like, I was just like, holy crap, dude. Like, you're a badass. But yet, in WWE, they said, all you're good for is being a vaudevillain. Okay. Which is even stupider. Okay, so con- so he so he's joined this thing called Contra Unit, and uh, all- so all they do is they pretty much they're the global dealers in violence, basically, and all they've done is like they've caused riots, they've caused like brawls, they just come in and they beat people up. Um, it's not an NWO thing. It's it's not that, but it is like. Uh, they're just like, just kind of come in and just create violence. And oh my God, it's been some really good stuff. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed. MLW, you know, obviously I think a lot of people would compare it. Like MLW reminds me of ECW, but with better production and better like story structure. And match structure. Yeah, I can see that. Not say obviously I love ECW. I mean, I do I think everything that they did was great? No. But a lot of what ECW did was good. And MLW like reminds me of that, but it's like now I'll say this though. I guess since they're on YouTube and being sports, maybe being sports like allows them to be uncensored, but like dude. Like, you hear the F word, you hear, like, shit, you hear, dude, you hear everything. Like, they're not afraid to go that that route. 
Well, damn. And they're really and like they do have hardcore matches. Um, and and uh, they they do some things where it's like, whoa, they're definitely towing that line. Like, um, so, uh, Selena uh, De La Renta uh, just summoned basically uh, Barista Six Six Six. The uh, son of Damien six six six. You know that from Lucha. Yeah. Well, so they did like a little promo, and I went, "Whoa, that's that's pretty dark." <laughs> you think? <laughs> but, um, dude, I love it. I I I really like it. I I've I've been really impressed with MLW. I know, I know you haven't heard. I know you haven't watched a lot of it, but I know you've seen some stuff. You have to have been impressed with what you've Dude, seen, right? What I've seen from MLW has impressed me. Uh, Selena De La Renta, that's enough to impress the crap out of me. Okay, that's enough to get my eyes glued to the tube. Well, um, I'm sure for you. <laughs> hey, she is awesome. Okay, I, I, I no, love no, her I, I, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, she, the, the character that she is playing, I, I love it. I, I love it. It's such a good story. And dude, the stuff that they're doing with Mance Warner, he might have, he might be one of my favorite people right now in wrestling. Mance oh, yeah. Warner, baby. <laughs> Jesus. But I, but you were saying about MLW. It's just, it's, uh, again, it's like everything else that's out there right now. It's another breath of fresh air. And it, it's a different product than what we're used to seeing. And, and it's, it's presented another place to work. Bingo. And even Jim Cornette, look, threw his name in the hat and did some commentary over there and got spit on by Sammy Callahan. Oh, my God. That was the <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh when I saw it. He walked right over to him, too. Sammy Callahan did. It's up on being sports. He walks right over to Cornette and just, just spits right at him. And Jim Cornette just, just he he takes his tennis racket and goes to swing, goes at, swing him. at him. And, and all Sammy, Sammy Callahan does is shoots in the bird. Yeah, he just shoots in the bird, walks away. He walks down the ramp, and then Cornette takes the chair and throws it at him. <laughs> and then he gets fired because of it. Well, I mean, I mean, well, it wasn't that. It was the comments about Sonny Kiss, I think, which was which was what did him in. Because here was the thing. He still did uh, another, like, month of tapings after that. And then Tony Schiavone eventually comes back and stuff like that. Like, I'm just now to the part where Tony gets back. Um, but, I, dude, I'll tell you another person who is amazing in MLW, and I didn't realize how good he was. Like, I forgot how good he was, is low fucking key. Yeah, dude. Low key. Here's my question to TNA. You had this motherfucker... Why didn't you do anything with him other than put him with groups? 
Well, it, it's the same thing we're doing right now with the NWA. It, it all depends upon who you work with. Right. Right. And, well, well I, I, I mean, I, obviously that. But I'm saying, like, I mean, it's just amazing to me that, like, all that, like, all all people saw this guy as was just, no, put him in a faction or something because that's all he can do because he doesn't have the personality. I'm like, sometimes a character doesn't have to have that much personality. And him, the way that he conducts himself, to me, like, he has found that character. I thought at first, I'm I'm like, that's stupid. You're basically, you know, ripping off the hitman. I get it. That's basically what it was at first, but then he took it and like turned it into something else in the ML in, in MLW. And man, I think he could cut a promo just as good as anyone in there. I, I really have to do. Agree. I, have I to mean, agree he, with you. and he's got that voice for it. I mean, he's like I did, And here's the thing: he might be little in size. But when you see this dude in the ring, you legit think this motherfucker is killing people. He he, I I, I think they're actually getting their jaw dislocated. Yeah, he is stiff. I will say that this dude is as stiff as can as they come. Oh, who cares? That's that's good. Sometimes it needs to be stiff. Like, come on, y'all. <laughs> yeah, because it, it it brings a little more realism. And if you can't handle it, get out of the business. And I, yeah. dude, and then how about the Von Erics coming into MLW? And that they just came in more nostalgia. That that yeah. seriously. And and they came in right, and they came in to help uh, Tom Lawler against Contra Unit. I was just like, oh my god, this is the fucking perfect way of doing this. Why can't this be like this on the main television? Because you don't have wrestling people behind the scenes, but that's a different exactly. Sport. But MLW man, they found they found this formula of like they found it to where I think they to me are the most like, and, and I guess that's their thing. They want to be like the most versatile company. It's like they want you to find everything here. They want you to find you know pro wrestling. Lucha Libre and Hardcore. Well, they're doing a great job because you could get everything and then some there. Yeah, you really can. And their storylines are great. The stuff that they're doing with the Hart Dynasty. I mean, good God, I didn't realize I like. I actually like Teddy Hart. But <laughs> it, right now, he's a badass. I'm like, good God, this dude is awesome. And I didn't like him. I, I thought he was... I thought he did too many flips at first, and now I'm just like, good God, he's amazing. <laughs> Brian Pillman Jr. is killing it. I mean, just so many good things that, that they're and, doing. And our girl Casey Lennox is a backstage interviewer there. Yes, she is, and I've been seeing a lot of her work uh, on there, and uh, she is awesome too. Um, so She's not in the ring tearing it up. She's backstage tearing it up on the microphone. Yeah. And she's also done like some in-ring segments as well. So, um, yeah, she's killing it there. I wish they would let her get in the ring, but they don't really have 
they don't focus that much on women's wrestling right now. And I think the only reason why is because they don't have a women's championship. When they get that, they might focus on it a little bit more. But right now, I think, you know, with the market being open uh, as wide as it is right now, I think they're just like, we're just going to focus on this, you know? Which is good. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. No. There's nothing wrong with that. But MLW, man, I think it's the best kept secret in wrestling. I really do. I think that it's only going to get bigger. And they're showing that because they actually, in November, have a pay-per-view set up. Not on YouTube, not one of their hour-long events that they do. I'm talking legit pay-per-view. They will be on pay-per-view. It will be a three-hour pay-per-view on, uh, or well, on wherever you can get pay-per-view and stuff like that. But it will be a legit three-hour one. And it's going to be called Super Fight. Um, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know the entire card. I'm going to have to, like, you know, get to it and everything like that. Like I said, I'm binge watching. So, like, I'm trying to, like, get to it so I can get all caught up and everything like that. But, like, uh, one of the matches I believe that they have signed is Teddy Hart versus Austin Aries. Wow. Yeah. Now, if that does not scream pay-per-view match, I don't know what does. Like, that's why I'm so glad with, like, you know, we go back to AEW. You know, like, I'm so glad that Moxley and Omega is being saved for a pay-per-view. Because that, to me, screams a pay-per-view match. Cody versus Jericho. That screams pay-per-view match. So, MLW. You know, Teddy Hart versus Austin Aries. Yep. And I will be getting that pay-per-view. I want to see what they bring to the pay-per-view event. And, you know, they do they do, like, big arenas? No. Um, I hope that they kind of continue on that path, to be quite honest. That's just me. Um, I will say this. I hope that they come to Center Stage in Atlanta. Yeah, that would be amazing. That, to me, would be a logical, like, step. I'd be like, dude, Atlanta will pack that shit out for that. Are you kidding me? If they pack it out for ROH, they're going to pack it out for MLW. So, I, so, like I said, I can't wait to see more of MLW. I can't wait to see their continued growth and everything like that. And you know, It's funny that, that, that we're talking about growth and, and everything like that. Um, but when we come back, we're going to take a short break again. But when we come back, we're going to talk about a company that's doing not so great. We'll come back on the other side. It's the Soval Wrestling Network. Hello, Internet. It's Chris Dickens. And have you ever considered going to a restaurant but wasn't sure about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their ease of access? Well, let me take the stress out of that by offering you the chance to listen to the newest podcast on TMB Studios called The Bite. 
on the bite. Yours truly goes to these restaurants in and around the nation and lets you know from my own firsthand experience about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their locations, ease of access. And then you, the consumer, can make the decision on your own account listening for this podcast if the place is worth your time and your money. All you have to do is just tune in each and every Thursday night for brand new episodes of The Bite. It's worth the time, worth the patience, and ultimately, worth your sanity. Check out The Bite each and every Thursday night exclusively on TMB Studios. You're listening to the Stovall Wrestling Network exclusively on TMB Studios. Well, all right, we are back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. And while I have been having fun praising MLW, the, it, the return of the NWA, uh, AEW on TNT and everything like that, Chris, uh, there is a promotion that we need to talk about that I, I feared this was kind of going to happen to them. Uh, but I don't see why it should be. And that, of course, is Ring of Honor, ROH. Now, I saw ROH, uh, what was it? Uh, I think it was this past January, I want to say. Yeah, this past January. So this past January, I went to see ROH in Atlanta at Center Stage. And it was for uh, their TV tapings and everything like that. And I thought it was one of the best wrestling shows I've seen in a long time. I really did from from top to bottom it was it was a good presentation. However, since that time period, I have not seen anything on ROH that has really captivated me to want to watch them. And that's a that's a big problem right now. Agreed. A lot of people are having I will say that, and the whole reason is, is that, I mean, let's just be honest. What have they done to capture the imaginations of people these days, as far well, as lessons go? Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that, because uh, they had a monumental show, right? Or they had what should have been a monumental show. Right. And uh, it was when they sold out Madison Square Garden. And they sold it out in literally under an hour. Uh, I think under 20 minutes. And no one thought that they would ever do that. And it was on WrestleMania weekend and everything like that. Um, And that is kind of where our problems begin. Because... From that show, that should have really put them on the map. They fumbled the ball at the goal line, basically. Uh, because if you go back and you look at that show, Chris, you and I have talked about it. It's been discussed in a lot of places. But that show never once felt like an ROH show. It always felt like a New Japan show because New Japan... Well, they showcase New Japan. They showcase the types of matches that they, you know, do and everything like that. And they kept true to who they were. But what did ROH do? Well, ROH 
they decided to have this is where it went wrong from the get go. Was then after the women's matchup, they had the debut of the Allure, which was obviously the TNA knockouts. Yeah. Velvet Sky and Angelina Love. Well, I guess, yeah, and, and that was their names. And 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 then they had, you know, Mandy Rose and whatnot come up. And dude, did that not just feel like a TNA segment? That's exactly what it felt like. <coughs> Sorry. No, uh, anyway. Uh, I mean, on. I'd be coughing at it too because it's exactly uh, no. what it was. Anyways. Um, but yeah, no. Um, I, that's the problem with it. And then right after that, they had this six-man tag match that turned into a no DQ match that the whole time felt like a, dude that felt like cheap WWE or ECW style shit it really did and it wasn't ECW in a good way let's put it that way like it just it, it was like what like this doesn't make any sense and and then after that Here's where they really fucked up. They had promised God versus uh, Briscoes, which is actually a matchup that everyone wanted to see. And then what it ended up being was a fatal four-way tag match. And it had PCO and um, Brody Lee and then Evil and uh, Sonata. Um I think that's how you say his name. Um, but yeah, it was it close enough. Yeah. They were uh they were on the other side. And I'm sitting there going, dude, what the fuck? You overcrowded this. And they had this like grand entrance for PCO, which was great. I love that it that was the highlight of the night to me. Was that entrance. And then of course, like the Abushi and um, Naito match, but that was New Japan. But for ROH, they had this, and then what did they do? They had Cass and Enzo come in, and they tried to do this like shoot angle, and no one gave a fuck about it. No, it was stupid. And then they didn't bother to tell the New Japan people what they were doing, which was even dumber. Yeah. So <laughs> that's when they fu- but then here's where I thought that they fucked up the biggest. Was I thought, okay, this is the first time ever in Madison Square Garden. Why did they not have a one-on-one match for the ROH World Championship? Instead, it turned into a triple threat ladder match that was so-so because none of those guys were known for climbing a ladder. Like, it was just like, what? Why put them in this? Why have a triple threat match in the first place? It should have been. It's, I like, I love Marty Scroll, but he should not have been in that main event. It should have been Matt Taven versus Jay Lethal. That's what it should have been. 
But, hey, what do I know? So, they fucked up with that show. And then, when they really fucked up was they ran into a PR disaster with Bully Ray. You heard about this, right? Yeah, I have. Apparently, some fan was heckling uh, uh, the beautiful people. I'm just going to call them that, the beautiful people. And Bully Ray got on to this fan. And I'm sitting there going... Bully Ray, didn't you, like, used to cause riots in ECW damn near? <laughs> like, what? Like, why would you have any trouble? Like, okay, and then here's the thing. I don't know the full details. No one does because there's been, like, two different sides and everything like that. But the way ROH handled it was awful. Was It was... It was terrible. They tried to sweep it under the rug, basically. And people saw right through that and went, oh, bullshit. And then their their crowds, I mean, dude, they have not been drawing anybody. They went from drawing one of the biggest crowds that they ever drew, I think, in 2018. It went from that to, uh, well, uh, technically 2019 with Madison Square Garden, they went from that to barely being able to sell out Portland, Oregon. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, they didn't sell a dime in Portland, Oregon. People said there were like 50 fans there at the most. They said it, it was awful. And so, you know... You're, you've been in a booking position and everything like that. You know, I I got to ask you, what the fuck is going on with ROH? In this time period, okay, so, you know, we talk about AEW, we talk about MLW, and we talk about NWA. If you mm-hmm. go back to 2002, none of this would be possible if it wasn't for NWA TNA and ROH. Yeah. Because they're the ones that started the rise of the independence. It was. You know, TNA was trying to be, you know, where AEW is, basically. Except they, they fucked up and everything like that. But ROH has always been, you know, the head of the independent class. Now, that's no longer the case. Now, ML, that's why I, I, I was praising MLW, dude, because they've had some good shit. They've produced some really good TV shows. What has ROH done, though? They haven't Produce done a damn the same crap. Exactly. Well, here, and here's the thing, dude. You know things are bad when you put your pay-per-view match. That just happened literally three weeks ago. Their pay-per-view happened. Uh, uh, what was it? Um, I think Death Before Dishonor. Yeah. Yeah, Death Should Before be Dishonor. It. it literally happened like a month ago, and they put their main event match for free on YouTube. Roosh versus Matt Taven for yeah, the ROH the- World Champion. 
They put that on there for free. So you know nobody bought that. Nobody. So what's going on with ROH? Why are they and why are they not prospering at a time when they should be prospering? It, it it all depends upon the powers that be and what they're willing to do with it. I mean, right now Sinclair Broadcasting has a history of not wanting to spend any money and not wanting to go any further with it than what it already is. And their whole philosophy is why fix what's not broken? Well, and, and, and I'll say that, dude, because, dude, how many times have, like, I've done a review of ROH or anyone's done a review of ROH, and the first thing everyone points out is fix your production. Yeah. Because, dude, <clears throat> here was the thing. At center stage, right, when, when I saw them at center stage, I thought, their production value's fine. I mean, they had they had like some mini pyro and everything like that. Like everything was fine. I thought I thought yeah, that all that's blown out of proportion. And then I saw I noticed what everyone was talking about because if they go to center stage right, well, if you can't make that place look good, then you just suck at your job. So exactly. So let's be honest. It's literally designed for anyone to set that up. But if they go to someplace like North Carolina or hell, Portland, Oregon or Pittsburgh or any place like that and they set up their thing, you can't see half of the time what's going on in the fucking ring. There's one light over the ring. There's like one or two lights. And they're like those lights that we used at fucking Flatline back in the day. Which is crazy because most most arenas are equipped to take a full light fixture. And well, I mean, and, and a lot of their, you know, places that they do stuff, a lot of their places are done at, um, you know, gyms. Um, they're done at, you know... I don't want to... I don't want to say, like, high school gyms or anything like that. Yeah, but... They're, but- but even even now, Ring of Honor's been around for how many years now? You, you would think that, you know, Sinclair would at least help them invest in a lighting rig that could be strung up anywhere and, and utilized, as well as lighting for the stage and a, and a better set and uh, the whole uh, better cameras. But they're not doing none of that. No, they're not. They're not. And, and another thing, like, <clears throat> I think another thing that hurt the Madison Square Garden show was at the time when they sold that out, right? They sold it out when the Young Bucks, uh, Cody, and Hangman Page all still worked in ROH. So when people bought tickets to that, they're thinking, okay, we're going to see these guys, and we're going to see the New Japan guys. This is going to be this epic-ass show. Well, unfortunately, AEW came in and ruined all that. But that's still, like, here's the thing. ROH has always lost people. They've always lost people to other promotions. But they've still maintained to kind of grow in those years. But now it's like they're regressing. And it's like, you know, why is that happening? 
And, and, and yeah, to me, I think you hit the nail on the head. It's got to be just Sinclair. There's got to be no, because I can't believe that Joe Coff is that bad of a CEO. No, it's Sinclair, the people who own the company. <laughs> All they care about is having content, period, point blank. Well, then wouldn't you want that content to be good? Actually, sometimes I don't even think they give a shit. That's my thing. It's like, good God, it's like they treat them like one of those court shows we play on Fox. They treat them like WCW was treated by Turner Broadcasting back in the day. Well, yeah. I guess you're, so. They you're ready to step child the bucks and we're not going to give you shit. Exactly. But, you know, and, and JR's even said it. He's like he's like I can't give you what you want if if I can't get the team I need. If I can't get the staff, if I can't get the players basically. Exactly. And I mean, well they Here's the thing. They've got good talent. And my thing is, is, okay, so there's AEW, there's WWE, there's MLW, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so then one of those talents somewhere should be able to step up into ROH or something and take over. But nobody's doing that, I guess, because nobody can. I mean, the most entertaining thing that ROH has is PCO. And yeah. I guarantee you when his contract runs out, he's going with Marty Scroll. And they're headed to A. You already know that Marty Scroll is headed out the door to AEW the minute his contract runs up. Of you course. already know it. That's where his buddies are. <laughs> like there's no there's no, you know, denying it or anything like that. So it's like, I don't know. I just, we'll have to keep our eye on ROH of whatever there is. Well, and one more thing. Here's something I've noticed, too. Uh, that ROH Honor Club thing, dude, and you know I was a member of it. Um, I haven't been for a couple of months now because uh, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it really does, dude. Like, they keep saying that the HD net, like, they advertise on the thing that, like, the HD net uh, series is up there. And yet I have not seen one, one HD net show up on there. Not one. All lies. Not one. Have not seen one of them. Uh, haven't seen all of the events that are, like, out there. Like... And then this live stream that they have, dude, uh, I mean, they might as well just put the ROH symbol up there, like, because that's all you see half the time. There's always, like, it gets frozen. I mean, it, 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 it's not good. Damn. So, I don't know, ROH, you got to step it up, because this right now is the time. Uh, in this day and age, when so many people are watching wrestling right now, you should be thriving. But, hey, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to keep our eye on it and everything like that. Uh, we're going to be uh, right back to uh, wrap up the show and give a closing comments after this. 
It's the Stovall Wrestling Network right here on TMB Studios. What's up, everybody? It is Blake Collins here with Chatter City. We are dropping the 411 on everything sports. It's baseball, football, basketball, anything and everything about sports, even the unique sports as well. Not only that, but we are also going to have spinoff shows related to the unique people within the CSRA area. Talking about music, talking about movies, different things like that. So you do not ever want to miss out on an episode of Chatter City because I guarantee you, you will not only learn something, but you will also have a heyday and a half as well. This is Blake Collins signing off with Chatter City. Have a blessed rest of your day. Be sure to check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here exclusively on TV Studio. Well, all right, we are back here, and uh, some, some little uh, news that I found here as well. And oh, Jesus Christ, Lord, help me right now. Um, Chris, I, I want you to calm down. I want you to take a deep breath because when I say this name, I, you might actually like fly off the wall or something like that, but. A little bit of news from uh, Impact Wrestling uh, that I found. Um, a certain female uh, talent there, uh, her contract is coming up. And, uh-huh. uh, um, well, God damn it, Chris, I'm just going to let you do it. Are, are you talking about Tessa Blanchard, baby? Yeah. She is uh, not, God, it's not Adam Cole. May he rest in peace. Or actually, man, I'm gonna kill you. Continue on his legacy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, uh, the news did break uh, that Tessa's contract is coming up with Impact, and uh, we were having discussions about it. Um, yes, uh, because her it said that her contract is coming up, and I. I cannot believe that she's going anywhere other than AEW. Well, of course. I because, mean, well, well, here's the thing. I've said this, right? I know people are going to say, well, obviously her father is there. Well, that, but here's my thing. She was the first one signed when they did all in. Other than Paige, Scroll, and all that. I mean, we knew they were going to be there. But before anyone else was signed to that event, it was Tessa who was signed before anyone. Yeah. So I was just like, dude, when they launch AEW, she's a clear, like, <laughs> that place is made for her. Yeah, for all intents and purposes, yeah. It, it's the place where she can grow and become more yes. than what she already is. And, you know, that women's division is going to need some more competition. I mean, I love Britt Baker, but she can't just continue to fight uh, B. Presley. You know, she's got to have some competition. And can you imagine her and Tessa Blanchard in the same fucking ring? Yes, I can. I'm sure you can in that way. You fucking... Anyways. <laughs> but, well... Hey. You know what? Here's how bad he is, folks. Here's how bad he is. He sends me a picture, and it's 
is Tessa Blanchard on a ladder. I'll let your imaginations go from there. See, you're hating on me thinking that that's me, like, all the way. But let's get facts straight here. Tessa's the one that posted that. Well, her post said, you will make history. And by God, will she ever make history? (laughs) She made history for me with that post. I'm sure she did. Oh, I don't God. Give a crap. Hate me now. I don't care. I'm sure. Okay. Anyways. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I believe she is, uh, she's definitely going to go to AEW. So we'll have to keep our eye on that story. That's still just rumor and speculation right now, but I do believe her contract is coming up and I just, I definitely don't see her staying with impact wrestling. I, I feel like, you know, she's going to move on and she's going to go to AEW uh, and everything like that. Um, but, folks, before we wrap things up here, uh, you notice that uh, we didn't really talk that much about WWE, did we? No, not really. We didn't mention, you know, NXT during the Wednesday Night Wars and everything uh, like that. And Chris, I'll be honest with you, you know, I love watching wrestling more than anyone. I'll be honest with you. I cannot support anything that the WWE does right now. I can't do it. All right? And let me tell you why I can't do it. Because the product generally sucks right now. And I'm not talking. I've said it on this. I've said it on this um, program before. But for everyone that, you know, hasn't heard it or anything like that, this is what this is what I say. It's not just bad wrestling. It's bad television. It's just bad. I mean, dude, seriously. The Hell in a Cell, give me a fucking break. The it, it ends in a in a disqualification when the whole point of a Hell in a Cell match was you don't stop it. And what here's what here's what is so insulting as well. When you go and you look at that Hell in a Cell, right? And you see the mm-hmm. ending. And they're like, no, this is going way too far after 13 curb stomps. Oh, my God, that was so stupid. And then he goes and grabs the sledgehammer or whatnot. And, and I'm sitting there. And they stop it. They're like, this is basically way too far. And I'm like, really? But Mick Foley flying off of the cell, literally, that wasn't far. That wasn't too far. No. (laughs) It's just. (laughs) And then, okay. The most, the thing that, there are three things. Three, two, whatever. But there, there are a few things right now that are really pissing me off. Number one was when I saw the big premiere of Monday Night Raw, the season premiere, which, which, answer me this, Chris. Did Raw premiere on that day when it was uh, created? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. They're like, season premiere. I was like, since when the fuck did you have a season premiere? Exactly. Like, when the fuck have we ever had a season premiere of Monday Night Raw? Oh, I wonder why. Because you had a season premiere on Fox. Now, that was a season premiere. 
technically, because that you're going to a different channel. Yeah. So that that is. And look, I will give them credit. All right, the Fox thing that's huge for a you know for a wrestling show. And yes, you are a wrestling show. You are an entertainment show, but you're a wrestling show. God damn it! And it's on Fox. I mean that that's pretty big. Not gonna lie. And I'll give them credit for that. I will give NXT credit. What I will not give them credit for, though, was on this big season premiere, they decided to have Lana return and basically be making out with Bobby Lashley. So, okay, WWE, let let me get this straight. These two who are actually married in real life and you have her kissing another man in front of him. Ah, ha, 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 ha. That's entertainment, folks. Yeah, That's exactly. The entertainment side. Ah, ha, ha. Okay. It's uh, stupid. Okay. It's faithless and didn't make no damn sense. And then, and then let's have. Let's have the very next week, after it clearly wasn't a good idea in the first place, let's have us shoot a segment where we have that then, where we have Bobby Lashley massage Lana's fucking legs. Are you fucking kidding me? But if you think I'm that pissed about that, here's where they really got me. They really got me. On the season premiere of SmackDown. Okay, I have people at you know Fox make you know make fun of it, whatnot, all the time, blah blah blah. And then it finally comes on, right? And so we're gonna have people who have never watched it before. And trust me, there were a lot of people who tuned in on Fox who probably never seen wrestling before in their lives. They see that. And the first thing they see is fucking Kane Velasquez coming down to challenge Brock Lesnar. Thus basically saying that all of our talent that we have back there is not worth what they are. Just stupid. That's what it basically is saying. Because here's my here's here's my question, Chris. So their ratings are floundering. They're losing their fan base right now. Everyone's getting pissed with them. Blah blah blah. So their so their solution to that is to go to the outside world. And let's not only go to the outside world. Let's go to the let's go to the world where they actually legit punch each other. I don't have a problem saying that right now. They are. They actually fight. They actually are punching each other. And let's have them go up against someone in a fake sport. Please tell me how that makes sense. Just, just, I, please, I'll wait. <laughs> that makes two I'll, of us. I'll wait. It, Try to it, convince me how it makes sense. Because here's my thing. Do you think that the undefeated Tyson Fury in real life is actually going to do a job for Braun Strowman? No. Fuck no. And then we're going to have 
Brock Lesnar go and beat the shit out of Rey Mysterio and bury Kofi Kingston, and we have Cain Velasquez is the only one that can make him shiver. Yeah, I shit on the planet. Again, I will give them the things that they are doing right. First of all, I I love the WWE Network. I love it. Always have, always will. Especially if as long as you've got Nitro, you've got WCW Saturday Night that they're going to continue to upload. And when they upload ninety four through ninety like eight. I'm just going to have a field day with that. You know, like there's going to be a couple of months where I'm just going to bury myself in the couch and just like get fat eating Cheetos and stuff like that. <laughs> watching, watching wrestling or something like that. Watching that. And I love watching the old ECW. I even like some of their original ideas. Like I like the Legends House. I like the, what, what was that? Camp, Camp WWE and stuff like that. Yeah. What I don't like though is this uh, and i love nxt i still i will I, nxt put on in 2018 nxt put on the best wrestling show i've seen in years which was nxt new orleans or takeover new orleans when they were in uh when wrestlemania was you know in new orleans and they had that, dude, that show was amazing from top to bottom. But I can't support NXT or anything that they do because they have that WWE symbol. They're getting paid by that same guy who's putting on the same bullshit on Raw and SmackDown. Raw's, look, the, the Titan for Monday Night Raw right now Looks like a goddamn electronic skateboard ramp. It does. It looks like a half pipe. It looks like one of those ramps you see in Skate 2 or something like that. Like, it's like, like I'm expecting Tony Hawk to come out and do a 900 on that motherfucker. Like, <laughs> like it's, I can't, I hate that. I do like the SmackDown set. I'll give them and that. That looks awesome. But other than that. Everything, dude, every time they get something, right? So The Fiend. The Fiend is the hottest fucking thing that they've had in forever. Since Becky Lynch, basically. It's the hottest thing that they've had. And they're fucking mad up. It's like, dude, do y'all just care? <laughs> or, I, I get it, you only care about... Yep, the baby oil. And all that good stuff. And then... Let's hire hire one of the most brilliant minds in the business and then fire him three months later. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that that was the stupidest stuff I've ever heard in my life. Uh, You're going to hire somebody. He's going to relocate his whole family to Stanford, Connecticut. uh, And then you're going to let him go uh, three to four months after he's been there only because the ratings tanked and you felt like it wasn't going to work out. Well, that how's that going to work out when, when you have this whole crack team of writers, right? They write all of this stuff. Who knows if it's really good or if it's really bad, who knows at this point, but then you have this, this old guy that just walks in there. All right. I've been doing XFL this whole time. What, what we got here? 
let me see this. I sound like Elvis a little bit in, yeah, you instead do a of little nickname, bit. but but fuck it. Uh, ah, Elvis. fuck that. We're not doing that. We're not doing any of that. We're going to do this. And then it's like, then the team has to ask themselves, well, then, wait a minute. Okay, where are we going with the storyline? Where are we going with this? It's like everything that they talked bad about, like, they look like WCW in 2000. They look like Vince Russo was writing that shit. That's funny. I mean, do they not? <laughs> no, they do. And I have no problem with the talent. I mean, dude, you and, and me and uh, Brandon Dawson were talking about this. Shout out to him. But uh, we were talking about this. They've got, they've got one of the best. Well, no, I'm sorry. They've got the best roster in the world. I mean, you've got Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Bailey. You've got AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Nakamura, all of these guys. And you can't figure out how to properly use them. And, and, and you're producing this kind of stuff. You know, yeah. JR said, and, 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 you know, Chris, you come from that old school era as well. Like, back in the, like, here's the thing. Hulk Hogan, to me, can lay, like, he can laugh at everyone because he can look at everyone and go, no, motherfuckers, I actually drew money when you actually had to draw it yourself. Like, he, like, people actually bought his stuff. They didn't buy it because he was under the brand of WWE. Austin, for that matter. The Attitude Era and all of that, like, Austin single-handedly pulled the WWE out from, from going out of business. Yeah, he did. I don't think there's any denying of that because until he came in, nah, it was going it was going downhill. But then he he went on that meteoric rise, and then you know, and he actually drew pay per view numbers. He actually you know drew money like houses. But now in today's world, it's like. All that draws money is just WWE. WWE is coming. Who all is going to be there? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's WWE. But yeah. here's the problem. The WWE brand has a bad taste in everyone's mouth right now. So, I don't know. But, folks, that's why I have not really been following WWE. That's why every time I talk about them, I talk about them like I hate them. Um, I don't hate them. It's just I'm tired of them being the only ones. You know, there needs to be other places for people to work. There needs to be other options. And we can't do that if it's all under WWE. No matter how much NXT wants to be like, well, we are the only true alternative. And I'm like, how? You work for Vince McMahon. He still gets money. 
That's not an alternative. Exactly. He's still getting your money for his WWE brand, regardless whether you like it or not. And, and, and dude, weren't we talking about this? Like, does WWE look like the ones who are not, who, who are just the most pettiest? Yeah. I mean, I probably said that wrong, but do they not look just so petty in this They do. Thing? They look like they, they're the uh, underdogs. Yeah. How are, please. It's just like my complaints with John Cena and Roman Reigns and all. I'm sorry. Roman Reigns is for the children. (laughs) Not doing it again. I know, right? But, um, no, it's just like when those guys would get pushed. And it's like, like, I remember when they had uh, the Kevin Owens and John Cena feud. And they made, and they made Cena look like this underdog. And I just went, wait. This, I know Kevin Owens has experience, but it's John Cena we're talking about. The man's a movie actor. The man is, a, you know, a 15-time world champion. How is he the underdog? Please answer me that. And then Roman Reigns, for that matter. Seriousness, serious aside, all right? Like, Roman Reigns, you know when he was being pushed against the authority and I'm sitting there going, he's clearly your golden boy. How is anyone supposed to buy this? Yeah, it's just nobody should have been able to buy that period point blank. Well, nobody did. That's why he got booed because it's like, I don't think it's everyone hates Roman Reigns. I think he's actually a pretty good talent. It's just you can't position a guy that looks like that to be Superman all the time. You know, it's like it's like, dude, he's clearly the guy that the little guy should be trying to win. Like him against AJ Styles. Like, I sat there, and I was just like, how is it that AJ Styles, which actually was a really good feud. They actually had some really good chemistry together. But I'm sitting there going, why is AJ not the, not the good guy here, and Roman's not the bad guy? Exactly. Same with the Cena feud. It's like, how is, how is it that AJ is the under, or how is it that Cena is the underdog going against AJ Styles? I don't see it. And again, that's just WWE. And, and again, I, I just, I can't support them right now. I just, I really can't. I would rather watch MLW on YouTube for free. I would rather watch NWA Power for free. I would rather watch AEW on TNT because they are putting on good quality shows right now. And their dark matches are actually good matches. (laughs) Like, I think those, I think those promotions are doing everything right, right now. And I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, I could say what all WWE is doing wrong, what all they're doing right, but that would be a whole nother show for a different day. But 
you know what? I think everyone is tired of us talking, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked everybody's ears off for the night. <laughs> I think we have, too. But, you know, we had to give them a little extra long show this time because we've been away for three weeks. Yeah, and y'all could, y'all could appreciate us by going to shoptmbstudios.ga and buying some merch. I was waiting for <laughs> I was waiting for you to plug that because I forgot. <laughs> yeah, go buy a go buy a hashtag Dickens Fears No Man T-shirt. Oh dear fucking god! We that didn't get to not, talk about viral pro, so we'll that talk is about not that next week. A, that is not a fucking shirt on there. I will oh say. yes, it is, homie. It is a shirt on there. It goes great with the Dickens Fears uh, Kitchens T-shirt because that's a false advertisement. But I'll handle kitchens next week when we talk about Viral Pro. We had to catch well, up on some actual pro-pro wrestling uh, this week. Well, I, I, I was, I, I, and, and I was going to say uh, that, uh, how about we do this, then we'll, uh, we'll talk about Viral Pro at the beginning of next week's show. That sounds good. All right. Sounds, sounds good. The, the elephant in the room with Mr. James Caleb Kitchen, since he wants to blast me on social media, but we'll handle that next week. Well, you know what? I don't I don't know if I really agree with all of his tactics that he's doing with the unknown and all of that. Gotta admit, dude, God has a bit of a point sometimes. Yeah, well when the you point do is seem for- to come when, up when the point every time. Well when the point comes at the middle of his forehead because it's shaped like a triangle, that's the <laughs> only point he has. Uh nobody actually pays attention to him, period. Oh, what are we doing with our lives? Hashtag Dickens fears no one. Oh, boy. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it. I can't take any more. Oh, we're going to be back. Oh, and make sure, everyone, that you can find us on where, Chris? iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio, as well as tmbstudios.ga. Yes, you can find us wherever you download your podcast and whatnot. And we'll be right here to talk each and every week about our favorite subject in the world, pro fucking wrestling. But that is it for this week. We'll talk more about it next week. He's Chris Dickens. I'm Caleb Stovall. This is the Stovall Wrestling Network. Have a great one, everyone.